podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my pretty, pretty lovely ho-host, ho-host, not co-host, but ho-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? I think I'm insulted, Um, (laughs) but I guess you just call me pretty, so uh, I'll take that. Pretty ho-host. yeah, I'm I'm doing what we uh, we were talking a little a little bit about the sh- uh, before the show uh, about um, the work from home life. I and, and this is the time of year. Uh, I was actually telling my dad this the other day. Uh, this is the time of year where, um, you know, it's cold. I mean, it's like it's like 38 degrees outside right now. Just just absolute misery. The sun hasn't come out for two weeks, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and so you find yourself uh, desperate to be active in some way, right? Um, uh, as a, as a as a worker from home, right? Yeah. And and so I, just as I was having this conversation with my dad the other day, I log on to talk to you, and you were catching your breath from what again? I was I was doing push-ups, Denny, before we did the show. I have to prep for the show by getting my my tries uh, and chest, getting them in, in good shape. And this is a good this is a good idea, and this is something that I end up doing too. In like in the dead of winter, when there's no chance that I'm leaving the house, and I I don't I don't go to the gym, I don't buy into big gym, I refuse, right. I'll never give in, and so I will just randomly have these bursts of uh, of physical fitness where I'll stand up and I'll just do jumping jacks, I'll do like 50 jumping jacks, and then some push-ups and maybe a couple crunches. A couple, a couple of times, you know, ten, and then, and and then be all sweaty and disgusting, and get back at my computer and keep working. But th- but this is like, if you think about, like like the the whole, you know, whole of humanity. This is the like the most absurd thing. Yes. Uh, that that has happened that I can think of is the fact that we have to do this to get any physical activity. Yeah, I think I mentioned it on the show, but. Since I had, because I've had plantar fasciitis issues with my with my foot from running, and I've had a lot of great feedback from all our listeners, so thank you. Uh, I got the boot finally. There's a boot that you wear; it stretches your stretches your foot out and stuff. Um, and it's only like twenty bucks. It was actually pretty sweet. Um, but regardless, it forced me. I got more into kickboxing, and there's mm-hmm. there are kickboxing workouts that you can do at home. That's been that's been kind of my go to from the work at home life. Is that like I can, I can just step aside for a second and do kickboxing and do a kickboxing workout. It's really good. Yeah, and you and you said that that's extremely vigorous, right? Yes, yes, you do extremely vig- Yes, and my my floors in my living room are drenched in sweat after I'm yeah. finished, and it's it's super gross. But I can clean everything up by the time my wife is home. Uh, that's good. Uh, I could also do the same, but my wife never comes home, so I, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it is it is strange though. It's strange, like like. What people don't realize is that if you, I mean, some people do, cause a lot of you guys do work from home, but you, you're, if you don't, you know, I try them every day to just go out to like get lunch somewhere, like get a salad somewhere, get, get a, a sandwich, a sub from somewhere. And then I bring it home just because I need to get out of the house. Right. And, and 
like what people don't realize is that when you're going to work and you're walking around work and you're going from meeting to meeting or you're, you're walking to someone's desk just to talk to them, you're at least moving your body around. But when you're working for like, you can legitimately, like I could sit in my computer chair for, mm-hmm. for 10 hours during football season in a day. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even flinch. I mean, it's just how it is. Right, right. You literally won't flinch. You just sit there. Yeah, I'll just sit um, there. I'll, yeah. I'll stare. I'll stare like I'm about to enter the upside down. <laughs> you, <laughs> you'll you forget that people forget this that humans are social animals. I mean, like we actually lose our minds if we're not um, social, if we're not talking with other people, if we're not seeing other people, hearing other people interact. So yeah, you have to force yourself to go do things, which is why every time. Like I go out on a date with my estranged wife, it feels like I, you know, it feels like the greatest thing on earth. It feels like I'm going to the club, like, yeah. and, and, and I'm ready to go nuts because I'm like, oh my God, all these people around here, this is amazing. I haven't seen this many people in weeks. It's either that or it's the opposite reaction where you start to just feel so, uh, just, just uncomfortable and you're not, cause you're not used to it. I, I mean, I don't really feel, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm picturing the scene from knocked up when Seth Rogen and, and Paul Rudd go to Vegas and they're on mushrooms and they like, they're, yeah. they're watching, they're watching, uh, the show and they're sitting there and like the, the, the fish eyed lens is on Seth Rogen and he's like screaming cause he can't handle the, the lights and stuff. That's what I'm picturing on the other end of the spectrum. It's either you feel that or you do feel like you're at a club and, and things yeah. can only be uh, yeah. worse. I mean, it's, it, it's the best feeling in the world because you're out, you're out in the real world. Yeah, I, I went to uh, to an engagement party a few weeks ago, and the people, you know, I got to sit at a table full of adults and talk <laughs> and talk to adults about things ranging from sports to politics to insurance to hair products to insurance, yes, to home insurance, and <laughs> and uh, and I and at one point I just burst out. I was like, guys, this is the most fun I've had in eighteen months. <laughs> And they looked at me like, what? Because, you know, they're all like, all of them were younger. I don't think any of them had kids. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't understand. This is, this is a joy. I I am, I wasn't even drunk and I, and, and I was, uh, but I felt it. I felt drunk on, uh, fun. (laughs) (laughs) So basically guys, this is, this is a really, really good promotion or promo for you guys to, to, uh, want to work from home. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a good chance you will go insane, but yeah, but I do recommend keeping a schedule and and then eventually getting some physical exercise. I just think I just think of like you know thousands and thousands of years ago, people would uh, humans would stay in shape by uh, surviving, you know, by like hunting their food sure. and you know doing things so that they wouldn't die. Well, we don't have to do that anymore. We all are like the characters from Wall-E, right? Yeah, like like just like big tubs of lard like floating around the the earth and so you have to force yourself anyway and, and the, well, yeah but the other thing too is that since you're not out there all that much the tendencies that you've and the, the behaviors that you've grown to just do over and over again while working from home you then start to do while you're out in in the wild while, while you're out there being social I, i've been at parties now where i'm watching football and i'm excited about something on like a saturday yeah. night and i just take my pants off <laughs> right, and and that's when I had to bail you out of jail. Right, uh, right, for, right. I I used the Patreon money, but thank you very much, everyone, <laughs> to to get JJ out of jail. So that was it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, Denny. Uh, so last week, week ten, streamers were not that great. Um, it was it was looking atrocious for the yeah. streamer bowl. 
uh, with Josh McCown against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Both of them luckily did throw a touchdown. Josh McCown scored almost 13 points. Ryan Fitzpatrick a little over 10. Hopefully didn't sink you. Uh, Another quarterback that we talked about was Andy Dalton. He had 14.6 points. Again, not a great performance. We totally get it. Hopefully he didn't sink you. I tweeted out Eli Manning uh, on Sunday morning um, just because things were looking better. We didn't talk about Eli. Earlier in the week, he was lower owned, so maybe he was out on some waiver waiver wires. He had about 17 points, so not not a bad outing for Eli Manning, though the Giants' defense... Uh, was a defense that we talked about as a, more of a deeper play. We both like yeah. Chicago more. Uh, they scored three points, as did Chicago. Chicago just couldn't generate huh. it. Chicago, Chicago had one of those performances where they weren't atrocious per se, but they didn't get the, the plays needed to score in fantasy football. They didn't get uh-huh. the interceptions, the fumble recoveries, the sacks. So they also scored as many points as the Giants' defense did. Yeah, I, I was very tilted over the Bears. Everything uh, pointed to them having a really good floor, at least, in that matchup. Yep. And it seemed like every time I saw that game, there was a tipped ball, yeah. like tipped in the air, you know, right in the middle of the heart of the secondary, and then it would just drop to the ground. I was like, can we just get one? Yeah, Man. yeah. and then uh, the Lions, though, did come through against against the Browns. They had that defensive touchdown. They scored 14 fantasy points. Uh, so not ba- not bad there. Uh, tight end. Uh, it was good for Garrett Selleck, who is one of our main streamers uh, against the Giants. He had 16.7 PPR points. Charles C. Clay ended up with 3.3 points, which honestly is not that bad considering Tyrod Taylor had fewer than 60 yards passing. So, wow. I mean, it, it's it's not not great for Charles Clay, but it could have been worse. And then we had the classic process versus results. Uh, situation with Jesse James because Vance McDonald was the tight end who scored a touchdown in that game against Indianapolis. And what's funny is that I, before this past week, Denny and I, and I think you mentioned it on the show last week, Mm -hmm. we were talking about, Oh, should we go with Vance? Let's see what Vance is run. How many routes he's running. Uh, But we went with Jesse James because the the peripheral numbers were there. That's going to happen with, with tight end streaming guys. Uh, It's it's a high variance position. And if there are multiple tight ends in an offense that are pass catchers in some way, this can happen. And that's exactly what happened with Vance McDonald and Jesse James. I'm still kind of happy about that though, because the process was there. The process was right for Jesse James. It was, it was, uh, it, it's a, uh, uh, you know, a warm, a warm blanket you can hold as you uh, see your zero from Jesse James. I, yeah. Did he, it, it, we talked about when the transition would happen from Jesse James to uh, Vance and has it happened? I, I, I actually, didn't, I didn't see routes run or, or I didn't look at the snaps this week, but um, I just know that, that Vance obviously was the one who scored the points. Yeah. Uh, but we are on to week 11, Denny. Why don't you start things off with a defense for folks to stream? I will. Um, yeah, we're going to start with the Cardinals defense. Uh, they are available in about 55% uh, of leagues, and they're playing the team known as the Texans, who are <laughs> quarterbacked by the man known as Tom Savage, unbelievably. So um, I'm, a little, I'm a little bit wary uh, of, of the Cardinals here. Um, they are favored, but they are on the road. Um, Savage, though, is a great, you know, target for, for streaming defenses. Uh, any quarterback that is um, as woefully inaccurate and an underdog uh, as uh, as Savage is this week um, is is a good target. So, um, in three starts this season, defenses have scored. I'm sorry, in three Savage starts this season, uh, defenses have scored 28, 
9 and 16 points, fantasy points. That's a lot. Uh, Savage is completing 47.2% of his passes. That is, I had to look this up. That is uh, 44 for 93 Awful. this season. I, 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 it's just, it's astounding. But he, and, did, he did go to the greatest university in all the land. Pitt. Uh, Pitt. Oh, he did? Yeah, I didn't know did. that. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and only, only 10 teams have, so only 10 teams have more sacks than Arizona this year. And Savage has taken 16 sacks through three games. Now, granted, uh, 10 of those sacks came in week one against, um, Saxonville as they, as they say in Duval. Um, but, uh, uh, but he does, he is pressured a lot and he does take sacks. So, uh, I think I think the Cardinals are pretty good. I don't know if they're the top streaming defense. We can talk about that after we we get through them all. But um, I don't hate them. Yeah, I, I like the Cardinals a lot this week. Uh, pretty obvious reasons, as you just stated. Uh, another defense that I think is going to fly more under the radar that folks might not look to necessarily uh, is the Chargers, who are going to be at home against Buffalo. I already mentioned Tyrod Taylor was atrocious last week. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they were absolutely destroyed by the Jets. Um, but the Chargers themselves have not been bad defensively, uh, especially over the last four or so games. You know, they started slow a bit, but over their last five games, they've ranked outside the top 14 only one time in weekly defensive scoring, and that came against New England. They actually have three top seven performances over their last five games. Uh, so San Diego's, or sorry, Los Angeles. I still do that all the time. I do too. Uh, they haven't been that bad, uh, but they get the Bills. They haven't looked good offensively over the last two weeks. Uh, like I said, they were destroyed by the Jets back in week nine. But this game, I think, you know, it's one of those situations where the Chargers are playing well. The Bills are not a threat offensively. You don't feel nervous about the Bills. You know that they can potentially rack up sacks. Um, and then on top of that, the Chargers, there's a low over-under in this game, a fairly low over-under, and the Chargers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. And that alone, you know, you throw them in there and you say, okay, they're a decent enough play. Now let's hope that the higher end of that variance hits this week. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't hate them. For, for, for a third defense, um, the, uh, the Bengals are uh, at Denver. But I realized in doing some research for this game, that I uh, that my expectations for Brock Osweiler are so low, like so cratered, that seeing him play last week against the Patriots, I thought that he had an outstanding game. Right, <laughs> right, right. I, I I mean, I'm I'm thinking like, has he like turned a corner? Like he's like just ripping the page. He ended up with like 220 yards and a touchdown. Right, okay? right. A- and um, uh, over this the course of the season, he's only completing 52 percent of his passes. I-, I believe that the league average, uh, at least last year, was 61 percent. Just to give people an idea of, of how bad 52 percent completion rate is. Um, and you know his uh, touchdown to interception ratio stands at two to three. Uh, this year after being 15 to 16 uh, in, in 2016. Um, so, you know, process-wise, uh, do we really love to stream a road defense that is an underdog? Uh, no. And and it looks like the Bengals are two-and-a-half-point dogs. Um, but uh, it's hard to overlook how, how generous Denver has been uh, to opposing defenses when you adjust for strength of schedule. No team allows more fantasy points to defenses than Denver. So just that in and of itself uh, is reason to 
I think to to look to the Bengals who are available. I was I was surprised available on sixty five percent of uh, of waiver wires. Hopefully the Bengals can run more than thirty offensive plays yeah. this week and get some pressure off that defense. Yeah, I think that's the biggest struggle right now with the Bengals defense that their offense just cannot cannot sustain drives. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Bengals are a good play. I'm going to move to quarterback. The first guy I'm going to talk about is Blake Bortles. We haven't talked Blake Bortles in a while, if at all, this year. Um, but he's, he's actually given fantasy owners surprisingly somewhat of a floor each week. Um, I I say that only because he's thrown a touchdown, at least one touchdown in all, but one game this year. And in Mm. that one game, it was against the Steelers where he threw the ball 14 times. Um, and the other, he's on, but the other thing too, is that he, he's only thrown more than one touchdown once this year. And that came in that game in London against the Ravens when Mercedes Lewis, Mm. Uh, caught 17 touchdowns, um, (laughs) but, but Jacksonville this week, they have a decent enough implied team total. They're playing the Browns. The Browns have given up 13 plus fantasy points to all, but one quarterback that they face this season. And that group of quarterbacks that they faced has just one top 12 quarter. uh, Sorry, I'll rephrase this of the, of the quarterbacks that they face this year. Only one of them is a top 12 quarterback in terms of fantasy points scored per game. And that was Mm. Deshaun Watson. So basically what I'm saying is all of the quarterbacks that they faced this year have not been good fantasy producers. And even still all but one have scored 13 plus fantasy points in a game. Uh, I think Blake Bortles, you know, no one's really going to be on him from uh, in your league more than likely off the waiver wire this week. Hopefully you have a decent enough option already. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really high on him, but I think that he can throw a touchdown. Uh, and that's, that's enough to give you kind of a McCown type performance here in week 11. Yes. McCown esque. Yes. As we say, yes. All right, so uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic is still in play, and if you saw Monday Night Football, uh, you might know why. Uh, so he, first of all, he gets Mike Evans back, at least unless I've missed something. No, he does. He gets Mike Evans. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure I didn't miss something on Twitter in the last, like, three minutes. Um, and, um, and he gets to go against a Miami defense that has allowed uh, 16 passing scores and just three picks this year. Uh, no, if you look down, you know, the, the, uh, QB numbers of guys who have faced Miami this year, no one is posting huge yardage totals against the dolphins because, you know, simply put opponents are, you know, building big leads and, uh, there's no reason to, uh, you know, to, to go nuts with, uh, with the pass when you can kind of take the air out of the ball with, with lead. We see that all the time with bad teams, but, but here's the thing. They're still bad. That doesn't mean that the Dolphins are good against the pass. Uh, quarterbacks are, are completing 68.7% of their passes against the Dolphins. Now, if it were 0.3 percentage points higher, it would be nice. But it is, it's still good, 68.7. And uh, only seven teams allow more yards per pass attempt than the Dolphins. Uh, adjust for strength of schedule, and the Dolphins allow the sixth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. So you could do better, uh, you know, like you said with uh, with Bortles. Hopefully, you have a guy who you can plug in. But if you don't, if your team is hogging quarter, uh, if your league is, is is hogging quarterbacks on their benches, which seems to be a thing. Yes, uh, apparently. Uh, you know, a common thing. Uh, we get it all the time on, on our mentions. People saying uh, every team in my league is carrying three quarterbacks. This is absolute nonsense. But it is well, it's it's well within the rules, so I don't have a problem with it. But anyway. Fitzmagic should be there for you. Yes. 
the, the third quarterback I want to talk about is probably, he might not be on many people's radars because if you look at fantasy points against, uh, this team has actually given up the fourth fewest fantasy points to the quarterback position this season. So people might be turned off, uh, but he's coming off a big week. It's Case Keenum. Um, that's probably the main reason why people might be on him is because he is coming off that big week. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think overall with Case Keenum, number one, it's a little bit risky to play him uh, just because there's the risk that they do bench him mid-game for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, that's that's a true a true statement. I mean, we don't know if Case Keenum's going to finish this game. If Case Keenum comes out and doesn't look good, then Teddy Bridgewater could end up being uh, just thrown into this game. I don't think it's smart, but we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're itching. They're itching right. to... Uh, pull the plug on Keenum. Yeah, obviously. but what has me interested in Case Keenum this week is that the Vikings and the Rams both have, they, they've, they've both been fairly pass-heavy teams in neutral game scripts, and both of them have played at fast paces this season. So just for some context, the Rams have a pass-to-rush attempt ratio when the scoring margin has been at plus or minus six points of 1.52. And then opposite of that, when they're just in total for the Rams, it's 1.03. That's one of the largest discrepancies in all football. It's the second largest. Detroit has the largest discrepancy. Um, Minnesota in a neutral script is at 1.3, which is fairly average. But overall, they're at 1.13. So basically what I'm saying is, is that the reason that they have lower pass attempt to rush attempt ratios is because these teams are winning all the time. Right. Yeah. So because they have good records, they can run the ball more. That lowers their ratio. But in this game where you have a two and a half point spread and a game that has a 46 point over under, that's that means that those two teams, given their tendencies when there's a neutral game script, could throw the ball more than usual. And when you throw the ball more than usual, that stops the clock and there are more plays run in that contest. And then on top of that, Denny, both of these teams are top 10 and situation neutral pace. So nice. when you when you factor in the pace and when you factor in how their their tendencies and their play calling in neutral game scripts, I'm convinced that this game that has a 46 point over under hits the over. Mm-hmm. And if it hits mm-hmm. the over, uh, Case Keenum could have a good fantasy day. I, that is a I, honestly, I'm not I'm not being sarcastic here. That is a damn uh, great uh, argument for Thank for you. everybody in that game. I think you know, yeah. including, including Keenum. Uh, just that that's that's everybody. Just let's take a moment to recognize that <laughs> that JJ just blew the roof off of Rams uh, uh, Rams Vikings analysis. That I, I I will now uh, uh, take out a second mortgage to play DFS <laughs> right uh, and go all in on that game. I think it's a good I think it's a good game stack, uh, and I, I think that that another reason why it's a good contrarian game stack is because people do look at the fantasy points against numbers. And they'll say, oh, Todd Gurley's going up against a team that's given up the fewest fantasy points to running backs. I don't want to play Todd Gurley. And then they'll say the same thing with Case Keenum. Uh, and then obviously the, the Vikings, I mean, the Vikings defense in general is really good. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, sure, you know, th- this, this might not happen. I mean, the, this game could be awful. It could be a 9-6 to six game and, and no fantasy points are scored. But I just think that this is a situation where as long as the logic is there, as long as there's reason to believe, you know, you can go and play these players, and if they don't perform, you should still feel good about playing those players because your process was there. Yeah. I mean, any any game that has the potential to have a ton of snaps, you know, count me in. Mm-hmm. All right, Denny, tight end. Uh, tight you, end. You, have, you have one, so I'll start. I'll start with yes. tight end since you okay. have one of them. Okay. The guy that I want to talk so tight end sucks. Like, tight, end, tight end's awful. So when we say these names, try not to vomit. 
the first one is Mercedes Lewis. Um, what's crazy though, Denny, I was looking at Mercedes Lewis's uh, numbers from last week. He ran, I know that they played an OT and so there, but he ran the most routes of any tight end last week. Really? Which is, which is good. He has the seventh most routes run at the tight end position over the last three weeks. And he's seen 11 targets over his last two games. And we know that Cleveland is terrible at defending the tight end position. That's all. That's, that's it. That's it for Mercedes Lewis. Like, look, look guys, I'm, I'm probably going to have to play him in a league this week. Hopefully I get him off. I'm saying I, I hope that I get Mercedes Lewis off the waiver wire, but that that's where we're at with the tight end position. I mean, hopefully you have someone like Austin, Austin, Sarah and Jenkins has a bye this week. So maybe you're playing Mercedes Lewis because you have ASJ. But yeah. that's 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 really where we're at. I mean, you are looking at a good matchup, a guy that could see some volume. He's seen 11 targets over his last two games, and he's running some routes. Great. Mercedes right. Lewis. Let's go. Let's move on. Yeah, no, it, it is it is a simple thing against, against the Browns. Uh, I mean, streaming tight end is ugly in week one, but by week, um, whatever this is, 11, uh, it's an actual living nightmare. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like one of the circles of hell right. is streaming tight end in week 11. So, um, I think you could do a lot worse than, uh, Lewis. So I have Tyler Croft, uh, in that, in that, uh, Cincinnati Denver game, uh, tight ends have scored a touchdown in six of Denver's nine games, uh, with Denver, uh, limiting tight ends to fewer than five receptions just once this season. I was surprised to see that that was in week one, uh, against the chargers. Uh, Croft is averaging, yeah, of, right. course, of course it came against the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Croft is averaging uh, five targets per game as uh, Cincinnati's starting tight end um, and their best tight end named Tyler. And it's uh, it's not like his opportunity vanished last week. I know last week was rough if you kept rolling with, um, with Croft against the Titans. Uh, but he still saw six targets against Tennessee – and uh, he ran 29 pass routes, which I mean that, you know, sometimes Solid. it's just not going to happen, you know, but but 29 pass routes and six targets. I think you would, uh, you know, sign that contract with your own blood at this point with uh, <laughs> with a streaming tight end. Yeah, for sure. I think that there's a chance that people drop him this week, too, just because of what he did last week. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a solid play. Uh, the last guy I'm going to talk about, uh, CJ Fedor Goat. Um, again, I don't feel super confident in this, but last week he saw six targets. He ran 30 routes. You know, that, that 30 number is kind of where you want to be at a tight end, uh, as a, as a pass catcher. If you see any more than that, that's great. Uh, if you're below 20, that's when you, you know, you, you question using that tight end. Um, but he saw six targets, nothing wrong with that. He only caught two of them because Tom Savage is garbage. Um, but, uh, this is kind of interesting because Patrick Peterson will probably be shadowing DeAndre Hopkins, which will leave mm. certain areas of the field more wide open for CJ Fedorowicz to to do some work. So, you know, I'm not I, I don't like associating my tight ends with with awful awful quarterback play by any means. Um, but you know, if you're really really in a pinch, Fedorowicz might be able to to be serviceable. Yes. So to recap, Tyler Croft, CJ Fedorowicz, Mercedes <laughs> hey, hey. Lewis. Uh, Keenan, uh, Case Keenum, I almost said Keenan Allen for some reason. Case Keenum, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, Blake Bortles, the Chargers D, the Bengals D, and the Cardinals D. All right, Denny. Questions. At Fantasy Findex. Is that what that says? I got I to gotta not read out of the corner of my eye whenever I do this. Uh, at Fantasy Findex, where would you rank Mariota with your streamers this week? So he gets Pittsburgh. Uh, 
Yeah. By the way, so JJ's reading off of the screen to to the side. So, I, I, is it is the issue that you don't want to break eye contact with me? Yeah, I kind I like I like looking at you while I speak. Yeah. Right, I mean, which is why we just stare at each other for ten minutes before the show starts. <laughs> right, right. We actually yeah. never, for just for people's background, we actually didn't talk about exercise before the podcast started. We just stared at each other, and we knew that we both right. were thinking about exercise. Right. Yes, we, we as people who work from home, we have that connection. Right. So anyway, what's so, the question? So again? it's it's, Mar- <laughs> it's it's Marcus Mariota or the streamers this week. To me, it's I, I would play Marcus Mariota. I would too. Yes, uh, I, I actually like that game as well from a fantasy perspective. No Joe Hayden for the Steelers now. That could be big. Um, and and Mariota Mariot is someone who I think from here on out could be very viable. He has positive regression coming in the touchdown rate column. He has a sub three percent touchdown rate. Um, mm-hmm. I'm which is awful considering he had a, a five point one percent I think is his first season and a five point eight percent last year. Uh, so it's really, really low. So that's gonna that's gonna progress at some point. Corey Davis is gonna be a thing from here on out. Just if Corey Davis is on your waiver wire, you should have picked him up three weeks ago. Like yeah. he he's gonna ball out. Yes. Next question at my dog underscore champ. It just says please no Cutler. I figured I'd keep that on there because we didn't stream Jay Cutler. I'm. I, I mean, look, he's only had one usable fantasy performance this year. Mm-hmm. I like that. And that, that was total garbage time. Yeah. Right. I, I just I don't I don't know how or why you would want to stream Jay Cutler at this point. Yeah, I mean, that offense is, is just trash. I just... Yeah. Next one, at Diego24FPS, have you ever been banned from a public space? From a public space? Um, you know, I mean, no. I, I, I don't I don't remember being banned from... How about you? No, no. no. I'm, I'm, I, mean, I, I told I you, have... I'm, I'm like one of the most boring human beings alive. Yeah, I, I don't have I mean... any stories like that. Right, I don't have a dog, so you know my dog didn't poop anywhere that I got thrown out of. Uh, yeah, I don't have I don't have anything. I'm not banned. I can go wherever I want. It's great. <laughs> Such a privilege. Yes. Next one at PlaySense underscore. If the Steelers played themselves, what level would they play at? How cr- how crazy is that though? Right. I think it's Mike Tomlin as a 10 point favorite on the road over his career is now like one and eight against the spread. Like it's, it's horrendous. Well, even worse. And you know, you probably don't agree with this point, but even worse is they always bail themselves out. And, and, you know, it's like they just kind of, you know, float through the game and play down to their competition. And then they get bailed out at the end by, by like a field goal or something. And, and, it's just you want to I want to see them lose when they don't come out and blow the doors off a team like the Colts who are in total disarray probably the worst team or the second worst team in the league it's just it's just unbelievable. to be fair to be fair they had the Bears game earlier this year they, here's the thing they, they do this they do this in like three or four games a year where they like play to their competition it's like how and they they usually win all but one of those games because they have one bad loss every year against one yeah. and the, that was the Bears game so I knew watching this game that the Steelers weren't going to lose because they already had that game under their belt this season. It was just, it was already done. True. Uh, next one at stay fun. Locko stranger things, two thoughts. We are all children of the eighties. Did you, did you watch season two? I, we did. Yeah. We, Same. I mean, we burned through it. Yeah. You saw we, it? We, we finished it this past weekend. Did you see my tweet today? No, the, it was a, a of 11. Uh, it was, it was before it. So it was when they, she was first found, like the headlights were on her. Right. Yeah. And then it and then it was a, a picture of her with like the slick back hair, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And it said it said the Rams with Jeff Fisher versus the Rams with Sean McVay. 
Right, right. Uh, a bitchin'. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, if if you haven't seen the show, that won't make sense to you. I'm not gonna blow it. I'm not gonna. There are no. There will be no spoilers. No, no, con- no spoilers. We're we're not doing spoilers. I will just say it's just about- crazy when Eleven dies. It, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, uh, uh, so it was even crazier that the sheriff killed her. Yeah, that was insane. That was, was really insane. Uh, I mean, just lost his mind. So, um, uh, they go super, super eighties nostalgia in this season. I mean, not that season one wasn't that way. I mean, everything on Netflix is just appealing to eighties kids at this point, but, uh, um, but season two, they have like, they have like the, this they have a scene like a really 80s scene in a um uh well I don't want to ruin anything I'm trying not to ruin anything here um uh in an alley uh with um barrels with fire in them you know you know how like that was big back then oh yeah yeah like every every barrel had fire in it yeah, you know and everybody true. was like warming their hands and it was, it was such a big thing in the 80s to have a barrel <laughs> with fire and I, I was just, I was like screaming during, during that part. I was like, this is the most 80s thing I've ever seen. People really hated the season, but I, I, I thought it was fine. They hated it? Yeah, people, people, people have hated the season, especially the one, there was that one episode that was just very like random where. Oh yeah. 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 It, well, I, I like, but, but I, I have a feeling to those of you who, who finished yeah. it, that that's all going to come full circle in a, in a separate season. Of course it's, it's laying, it's laying a foundation uh, for for the probably you know probably five to ten seasons that this show is gonna have so everyone everyone relax I I, I maybe my expectations were not very high but but uh, I I liked it and and the uh, you know the end was pretty good too can we talk about how good the actor who plays will is yeah kind of freakishly good yeah like like freakishly good like it doesn't yeah, like, make any sense I'm like I'm like frightened <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, he seems so good that he seems like a candidate. That actor, I don't know who he is or what he's done, but that actor seems like a candidate for 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 like you know that that burnout that kid actors get. Oh you know? yeah, they, yeah. They just they just can't can't deal. Uh, but he's like he's so good. He strikes me as that as that kind of kid. But they're I thought I think they're all they're all pretty good. Yeah, they're all um, super talented. And, and I love Steve. Yeah, Steve's great. I I love Steve. Melissa hates Steve. No, I, how can you hate Steve? Steve's Steve's uh, character change throughout the season was was perfect. Right. I mean, I I could go into the reasons why she hates Steve, but but that would it would mess the show up for people. So I'm not going to do that. But I love Steve, big time team Steve, and uh, I would do unspeakable things to have Steve's hair. We can go on. Yeah, he's great hair. Yeah. Next one's from our buddy Tom Whalen at Tom C. Whalen. By the way, guys, if you haven't checked out his glossary that he wrote, it is on LateRoundQB.com. I don't think it's slash glossary. I think that there's a little menu. There is a little menu on the right side that you can click, and then there's a, a link to the glossary. Uh, but he says, got my first driver's license this summer. We knew that. I remember him saying that and talking about that. So I'm really jazzed on car takes at the moment. <laughs> he says, so... Do you guys use car air fresheners? If so, do you seek out novelty air fresheners, like in the shape of a, of, a, of the Tasmanian devil or something, or just generic? Scent takes also welcome. Uh, so I struggled with this because my car uh, could be condemned by the authorities, <laughs> um, uh, by, by ju- judging by the interior. I, I've never, I've had this car for two years. I've never had it cleaned, not once. It's disgusting inside and out. Wow, that does, I, that doesn't. I feel like that's 
that's it's surprising it's, to me. Is it? I, well, I don't. I care so little for cars. Uh, it, it, I see it strictly, you know, in a uh, you know utilitarian kind of way. I do not have. I'm in the uh, same boat, by the way. Really? Yeah, I feel the exact same way about cars. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't give a crap about cars. But, um, uh, and my parents are appalled by this, by the way. Uh, and, and uh, I don't have air, an air freshener. An air freshener makes me instantly think of a cab or an Uber same. or a Lyft. Same. Um, and I don't think I've ever, I've ever smelt a an air freshener where I was like, oh man, that's good stuff. Right. Right. Like maybe maybe like wipe down your car with like like some sort of like fabric softener or something. There, there like, you go. Oh yeah, yeah, Febreze. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, do that and like do that once. But like to have you're you're right though. I, I don't want to I don't want to feel like I'm getting into a cab or an Uber every time I get into my car. Right. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Febreze. Um, it, no, it's not, but I wish it were. And uh, yeah, you use that. Um, uh, once in a while, but also if you have, so my suspicion is people who have air fresheners all the time in their car, I feel like they're just farting a lot. Either that or they're, are they're, I mean, they're clearly smokers, right? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what you associate it with. I mean, right. to be fair, my car often smells like crap because I'll like go to the gym or I'll be like sweating in the car. But like, oh. so, but, so I have to, like, I try to do, I, I just, I mean, but I roll my windows down or like I, okay. I blast the air or do something like that. But like. Uh-huh. Anyway, there was a there's a person who responded to Tom's tweet. I have to read. It says, "It's a trap. Just roll your windows down for a while," which I I agree with. And Tom uh-huh. responds and says, "Wow, I did not realize you were a soldier in the war on big freshener." <laughs> I, no, I'm a soldier in that. I'm I'm very much against this, Tom. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, but so your car probably smells like a wet dog, considering kind of, yes, yes. And, uh, well, I mean, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, my wife has a way better car. Okay, I, I have this little civic this puny little civic and it's old and i don't drive it enough i mean i put like three thousand miles on it a year because i work from home and so i drive that around like my area my town but every time we go anytime we go out or we go to dinner we're, we're taking her car so like yeah. it doesn't matter like it right. doesn't matter what mine smells like because i'm the, i'm literally the only person that's ever in this car yeah right i mean i i just getting back to the cigarettes or the farting uh, and the mixing there for the, the freshener with, with those two scents is the worst thing possible. Yes, so it's, it's like, it's, mm. like, it's like, it's like brushing your teeth and then drinking orange juice. Yeah, right. But you know, so it's like, mm, spearmint and, uh, nicotine. This is fantastic. Right. Thanks. Right. Totally. Next question at D 25 favorite super smash brothers character n 64 version, obviously assuming he hasn't played, can JJ make a case for who Denny would, would use if he did. Did you ever, did you play smash brothers, Denny? Uh, my, uh, cousins were so good at it that I refused to play it with them cause I could not compete. So no. So people are going to think that I'm bad at it now because of the care I'm, I played with Kirby. Okay. And he, f- he flew around and like, he just quit laughing. Denny Kirby was good in that game and I'm good with Kirby and people are going to say, Oh, you're such a noob. You're not very good at, at super smash brothers. I will beat you with Kirby. I guarantee you, I will beat you with Kirby period. <laughs> Oh man! You, you, Denny, someone... Denny would probably play as like Jigglypuff or something. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, can someone Photoshop uh, JJ's face onto Kirby, please? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, Twitter's gonna be bad tonight. Uh, next one at J Alex Olguin. Th- th- this question, I don't even know why it's a question. Do mint and chocolate go together? My coworkers have revealed themselves to be on the wrong side of this debate, and we are no longer speaking. 
Denny, don't don't mess this up. Wait, wait, don't mess it up. I think it's gross. How do you think? How do you think mint and chocolate is gross? I mean, I don't like mint. I don't know what to say. Mint and chocolate is is so that's not only probably the goat ice cream flavor. Oh wow! Mint chocolate chip. It, wow. If you okay, okay. Have you ever had like a dark like a peppermint patty is great, but like a a true dark chocolate with with mint in the middle. Uh. uh yes oh yes i definitely have had that and it's delicious no it's bad it, but but first of all i want to apologize for jj calling this the goat ice cream this is just no. a, an abomination it, but it, it, mint chocolate chip is so good so i had to say them a peppermint patties i thought until an absurdly old age that my grandmother who is who died a long time ago uh uh i thought she was punishing us when she gave us <laughs> peppermint patties because she was making us eat these horrible, horrible uh, uh, candies. All, all, every time I saw her, here's some more peppermint patties. It's like, dear God, Grandma, what have I done to my, deserve this? My my wife's my 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 in-laws make chocolate, and they do. Remember that? I think I talked about it last year on the show. Chocolatesbypaul.com. If you guys want to go mm-hmm. buy some chocolate, they're they're focusing more on just a few different things now. Last year they had like a wide variety of stuff, but they make they make these peppermint patties that are it's it's mint in the middle but it's it's like dark chocolate and it's all like homemade and it's so good there's there's literally no better piece of candy to eat than that i'm not that's not even that's not even hyperbole that's that's okay. exactly how i feel it doesn't sound like hyperbole at all no that's <laughs> <laughs> anyway next question at shanene 11 what's your power rankings for this is a good question What's your power rankings for dad workout at the gym? Mine would be the old lady lounging bike, so a recumbent bike, medicine ball crunches, assisted pull-ups, and a 45-minute steam room session. Great show, yeah. guys. I'll hang up and listen. So, I love I love the steam room as an exercise. Oh, the steam room is is the go-to for for dads, for sure. I mean, you can't you can't walk by a steam room and not see a dad in there. Wait, wait, wait! I I don't picture um a medicine ball crunches or sit ups as a dad exercise. No, me either. No, that's like that's that's legit. That's, that's too, hard that's as too, hell. Yeah, yeah, medicine ball workouts are tough. I I think I think a stairmaster is a daddy a daddy thing to do. That's yep. a, that's probably the go like of the cardio machines. That's the most daddy thing that I can think of. The recumbent bike made me laugh because that, that 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 really. Oh is. yeah, the recumbent bike, and they're on there for like ten. Like you see, you see the dad walk into the gym. They're on the yeah. recumbent bike for ten minutes, and you you watch them leave. Right. Like they're they're <laughs> in there for literally ten minutes, and they got they're they're good to go. But recum- they're, they're gonna they're gonna stop by the by the uh the juice bar and <laughs> and get a uh, get a two thousand calorie uh, uh shake that has protein in it or something. Yes, but it's all just filled with sugar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Those are those are good answers, though. Next one at Dale R Steel or Dale R Steel. Would you now consider stashing streamers on your bench who have favorable week sixteen, fourteen to sixteen matchups, i.e. Bortles? Um, so Bortles does have a good playoff schedule, but here's the thing: Blake Bortles is not good. Blake Bortles is very much a floor play, not a ceiling play. Um, and it's the same thing. Joe Flacco has a really good uh schedule in the playoffs too. You know, I I'm not I'm I'm certainly not one that says you can't stream in the playoffs because as we showed two years ago, Denny, with yeah. Kirk Cousins, you can stream in the playoffs. We had we we pinpointed the streamer that year and he won fantasy championships. Yes. Um. But but you know I I don't I think that you still have to just kind of play it week by week or try to just secure some sort of 
decent enough starter that you can feel comfortable. Like Marcus Mariota, you know, he's a good example. Just kind of yeah. go for someone like that. Yeah, I agree. I think Mariota's out there in like thirty percent of leagues, but but I yeah, I'm not I'm not one to say like, I mean, don't definitely don't pick up Bortles now and hold him for the rest of the season. I'm, I mean, unless unless you have like a deep bench. Next one at Matt Franchise. This is a throwback, but tell JJ he's doing tea wrong if if he microwaves his water. Get an electric kettle, life changing, no joke. Um, I'm gonna continue to microwave my tea. That's my answer to that. So so wait. It it makes a difference. Apparently, I don't I don't know how. Look, I I I I get a tea bag. I put it in the mug. I fill water in it from my refrigerator, and uh-huh. I put it into my microwave, and I heat it up. And now all the British people listening to this will hit my mentions and get mad at me like they did last time. But it tastes fine. It's it's fine. Mm, I don't know about you tea people. You're just you're, all all of you are weird. Yeah, I mean, but I'm, like I'm not. That's the thing too is that I'm not like like I drink tea because I don't drink coffee anymore. I. I th- I've been I've been debating this, Denny. Should I go back and just start drinking coffee again? Well, I would feel like a pusher at that point because I because I've I've made fun of you for this, but I don't do it unless unless you want to. I would say you're probably better off without coffee. See, that's what everyone says. It's like I got off coffee, and it's like I I'm functioning very well without without coffee. I have good energy and all that. Why would I Why would I go on coffee? Exactly, it's not good for you. And, and no matter what you know, these studies say you know, fifteen cups of coffee is good for you. It's not. Every we we know this. We, it's just like people who drink a whole bottle of red wine is like, oh, the health benefits. Shut up. <laughs> you didn't drink it for the health benefits. You got it. You, you drink a bottle of red wine to get drunk. Right. That's why. <laughs> You're not trying to be healthy. Right. This next one at JJ DePasqua. Another another JJ. Hello, JJ. This is the first person named JJ I think that's ever asked a question to us. <laughs> uh, what's the LTS take? So this is this is a group think on electric toothbrushes. Uh, I'm torn. I'm torn. I, I don't. I don't have one. Yeah, I don't. I don't have. Yeah, I. I, I can't. You know what it is? I can't uh, make myself shell out a hundred dollars to get a a real a like a really good electric toothbrush. Yeah. Um, there, there's no way my, my son has like a, has one of these like Spider-Man fake electric toothbrushes, you know, I, am I, am, am I a little bit ashamed of it? Yeah. But, um, uh, but I, I can get over it and, uh, and maybe steer him in the, the manual toothbrush direction eventually. I feel like with kids, it makes more sense. I mean, I had, I had an electric toothbrush at one point growing up. Like it, it makes sense because you're, you're not as, as agile at, at getting uh-huh. everything within your mouth. Right, right. Uh, I mean, it sounds to me like a huge uh, boon for for big dentist, um, you know, and, and, and trying to just just uh, destroy the public with uh, with these unnecessary items, including floss. Probably true. Next one at Mr. Costanza: Pancakes or waffles? Um, this is really this is tough. This is tough. I think that it depends on on the mood, right? Like it's yeah, it's pretty dependent. Cause I can, well, I'd probably lean waffles though. Lean, lean waffle. Um, uh, I, I don't like, um, uh, I only put peanut butter on, on, on both of those things. That's, uh, that's, that's not something that I haven't heard before. I don't like syrup. That's not surprising. Yeah. So syrup is, uh, gross to me. Um, is it actually uh, gross to you or is it that, is it gross to you because it's like, so is it like donuts are gross? Yeah, yeah. Because uh-huh. like donuts that, are kind of gross to me. Like it's they're just they're too much. It, it's too much. It is too rich 
uh, it's too much sugar. It's just, it's bad for it. I mean, I, I just, when I say gross, does it taste good? It tastes pretty good, but am I going to hate myself afterward? Definitely. Yeah. It so, does make you feel like garbage afterwards and, and you feel like your whole body is sticky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. And yeah. I mean, well, I think what you're doing there is you're just pouring it on your head. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I do. And, when I eat, when I eat waffles, I, I do a ritual where I first pour the syrup all over my face and my head and I rub it all over my face and then I eat the waffle. Right. And, and which you need a periscope next time. But it, you know, if you just put it on the food, you might not feel sticky all over. So. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair. Very fair. Uh, next one at Grizzly Blair. He says, Hey friends in my head to head season long league, there's a team that is two and eight, but has more points scored than an eight and two team. My question, what is your favorite Limp Biscuit song? <laughs> I feel like so Den- Denny's going to be better. Denny's going to be better at the Limp. I'm going to say that I'm going to say Nookie. Yeah, right, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of forgot to pinpoint a favorite. I have mentioned on the show that in the late 90s, I was a huge Limp Biscuit fan. I'm talking 15, 16 years old. I, I loved Limp Biscuit, and I will not apologize for that. Do I love them today? No. Am I embarrassed? A little bit. Um, uh, but I, so this brought me down. Uh, uh, thank you for this question because it, it, it brought me down an online uh, rabbit hole. Uh, to the point where I was I was googling worst Limp Biscuit lyrics because I just I just had to find this okay so and and I apologize to whoever wrote this on the various internets uh, I, I I forgot to cite it but but it was a blog uh, from a few years back and it and it went down the ten worst lyrics from Limp Biscuit things and JJ you had to listen to this because it's it's mind blowing I, I think so so the intro starts with um, Fred Durst lacks both vocal ability and charisma, and his his lyrics are unimaginably transcendently awful. I thought that was wow. Uh, so read the the worst of the worst, and remember that this guy sold 33 million records by writing this these lyrics that literally anyone could have written. So there's a song, I think from their second album called "Show Me What You Got," okay, which is classic. Um, and there's a lyric that goes like this: <clears throat> Are you gonna sing it? No, I'm not going to sing okay, it. Okay. All right, all right. I don't even know how it goes, actually. But um, I thank God, Mom and Dad, Adriana, the sky, for the love I feel inside. Jordan, my fat-ass band. <laughs> Without them, I'd be nothing but a pumpkin shoved inside a can. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't understand. What? How are these lyrics? Without them, I'd be nothing but a pumpkin shoved inside. I when I when, you know I know we joke around. Well, what does this mean? What we when we really really know? But I don't know. I don't know this. Unbelievable. Oh um, my god. And then and then from the uh, the the their hot dog flavored water uh, album that was really what it was called something like that. And uh, um, uh, the song My Generation. There's this really you know short lyric, but I think it's it is it is transcendently awful, and we need to talk about it. Uh, the lyric is, hey, kid, take my advice. You don't want to step in a big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I mean, I you know, it's good advice, but I have no clue how in the world. This is such an indictment on popular culture that Limp Bizkit has sold millions and millions and millions of records across the world. Unbelievable. <sighs> Unbelievable. I don't know. Can you hear my dog going ballistic in the background right now? I can't. All right. That's good. That means the microphone's working. So I'm going to keep going. Next question. At 
That's somewhat feral. Tell us about the first time Denny and JJ met. Love at first sight, or did it come to blows? <laughs> what? <laughs> Love at first sight, or did it come to blows? Is that a phrase? Uh, yeah, come to, like, did we fist fight? Uh, no. We oh, okay, okay. Now, now, now it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, we, we didn't. We didn't fight. No, the first time we met was in Vegas. Right. Yeah, and I was at. I remember that. I remember the actual moment because you were out with with Rich Rebar. You guys were doing stuff, and I had to do FSTA conference things. And I was at the sports book, and yeah. you guys came walking in, and then we just got drunk. I, I remember that you were uh, uh, making me drink Bud, Bud Light, I believe. Yeah, I think I um, bought some Bud Lights. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, that was the first time I met you, Rich, Sal. Yeah. And and a bunch of other people. Um, uh, and uh, that that was that was a, that was a good weekend or week or whatever it was. Yeah, that was uh, what was that in 2014? Uh, 20. I think it was January 2015. Okay, so it was the beginning of 2015. Okay. And uh, yeah, and uh, I, I still am impressed that you guys were up up and at them before I was, even though you stayed out later every night. I have no idea how you did that. That was a, that was a very, very long, well, it was like earlier in the week, but it was, it was long. And then, and then we, we hung out in DC uh, like a year and a half ago, whenever I came up for the, the Penguins Capitals playoff game. That's right. That's right. And, uh, uh, I came down after the game on the Metro. Yes. And we hung out at, what was the place called? No, no it was right outside the arena though. Yeah, no, that, that that was fun. Got to meet got to meet your friends and uh, uh, and and uh, of course your wife Amanda, who um, is definitely the the better half. Yes. Um, I, I no question. I want to do a pod with her. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean I don't. That's a that's not a that's not a come on to your wife, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're gonna we're gonna uh, come yeah. to blows. Come now we're gonna come to blows. <laughs> Uh, next one at J Alex Olguin at a park and a guy with a dog on a leash says, don't mind the dog. My buddy takes this to mean the dog is friendly, but gets growled at when the dog, when he goes to pet the dog, the dog owner snaps at his friend and says, don't mind the dog. Like the buddy is an idiot. Who's in the wrong here. Don't mind the dog. Okay, If someone tells me don't mind the dog, first of all, like, like enter the 21st century and stop speaking like you're in the 18th century America. Like what, like why, why are you talking like that? Right. Yeah. I mean, what, what are we in, uh, in Westworld? Um, what, in what, what is this? Who, who, who says that? I, um, yeah. I mean, if you want to speak in modern English, then that would probably help. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's clearly the, the dog owner's fault. If someone said, don't mind the dog, it, it would, to me would mean, you know, you're, you might not be a dog person or something. Cause if this guy's with his buddy, maybe he, it's clear that this guy doesn't have a dog or something like that. And if you're not a dog person and you're at a dog park, then maybe he's like, Oh, don't mind my dog. Like he's, you know, he's cool, but don't mind him. Cause that's, that's what, that's what don't mind means in, in, to, in today's language. Yes. And the, in the popular vernacular. Yeah. It reminds me of the phrase, uh, when someone walks into a room and they say, what's the good word. Have you heard this? Yeah. 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 I've heard that phrase. It's and I, as a kid, I never knew how to answer that. I'd be like, I, I don't, I don't know. What is, what is, am I supposed to like name a word? Right. Like, like a word I've recently learned in school. Right. So that, yeah, that I, I your, your buddy was not in the wrong. Right. I agree. Next one at Drew Robinson three sixty five thoughts on people who write checks at grocery stores. Be patient because this will be you in thirty years. Or grab all your stuff and go to a different line. 
No, it will not be you in 30 years. It will be no one. Right. In 30, 30, 30 years. Well, first of all, nothing's going to exist in 30 years. But but, but <laughs> wow. 30 years, 30 years, there, there's going to be scanners that just go up to our eyeballs and they can yeah. take money from us. Well, I mean, you're going to be buying everything uh, in, in your in your 3D uh, helmet uh, right. in your... Right. Well, what is that after, called? After doing after doing push-ups in your home, you're going to get up and go to the corner of your room and you're right. going to you're going to get groceries. There will be no check writing in the Oculus Rift that right. you have planted <laughs> yes. on your head 19 hours a day. So. Right, right. Yeah, there, there's there's no check writing. So so look, it's 2017. People should not be ch- writing checks. And that's happened to me over the last 3 months where I've been in wow. line at the grocery store and some older person has got their checkbook out. And I just want to look at them and say, everything's digital. Get get this garbage out of here. But I just move to the next line and I get away from them. Yeah. I mean, if I had a lot of money, I would definitely just be like, I, I got this. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, like don't don't write this check. I'm going to pay for your damn groceries because this is ridiculous. Absolutely. Uh, next question. At Adam, B, Adam G. Blevins. It gets talked about a lot, but do you believe there are people in, fan, in the fantasy community that could do a better job than some of GMs and coaches in the league? I think so. Yeah, I, I think here's my take on this. I think that there is a football culture that from like a coaching perspective, if you've never been part of that, it's almost impossible to just start coaching like like because there, there's a leadership aspect to being yeah, a coach yeah. that that like, I'm, you know, I'm never gonna be able to be a coach. Right. But the GM part, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm convinced and look, people are going to say like, oh, you're crazy because like you're not thinking about this rationally. No, I am because actual GMs don't think about actual things rationally. That that's right. that's the problem is that people assume that GMs are indeed very very good at their jobs because they got to that position. Some of them are very good at their jobs. Some of them are atrocious at their jobs. And there are some very 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 good people out there at evaluating talent and understanding how to build a team and understanding that that aspect of things. Now the biggest thing like I said, I think that the biggest trouble that you would run into is the culture aspect because mm-hmm. that, you know, under Understanding how coaches are thinking, understanding how they're running practices and what they want and what what vibes and all that kind of stuff. That's important. That's very very important uh, when it comes to this stuff. So that's that's kind yeah. of my take on it. Yeah, I, I I I agree that no one could just step in and be a head coach, uh, and uh, a fantasy or a numbers person coming into that culture from the outside would be regarded uh, maybe in a hostile way right. and, and that would be difficult but but if you're if you're evaluating this in, in a vacuum where where we're just talking about decision making uh then i think that it it would be a great benefit to a team to have an a, a strictly analytical mind yes. making roster decisions and draft picks okay you know firing guys up uh, and you know, getting the team out on the field and like making in-game adjustments—that's that's a whole different thing, I think. Skill set maybe, but uh, but I I I refuse to to think that just because you play the game means that you could be a good that you will be a good general manager or are even qualified. Yeah, it, that 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 blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, why aren't more teams? Why don't they just have someone in their head coach's ear? When it's fourth and four on the opponent's thirty-nine yard line, telling them don't punt the damn football, right? right? Like, like what? What in God's name? Like, why? Like, the fact that that coaches are doing this—that alone, that small, small thing—tells us that there's an inefficiency. Well, period. it's an inefficiency that is based on uh, 
a fear of failing in a non-traditional way. So right, right. failing in a traditional way is okay. It's not embarrassing. It's not as embarrassing as trying something new and different and maybe more efficient in the long run and then sometimes failing at that. Like, for instance, the Giants. The Giants this year, the rest of the season, should not punt the ball once, should not <laughs> yeah, punt what? the ball. Exactly. They, right. They should just go for it on every fourth down. They should run as little as humanly possible and just see what happens. Right. What do they have to lose? They have already failed spectacularly on every possible level. Just do that. Right. Yeah. See what happens. This last question is from at white wheat tweet. Who's the most random celebrity either of you has met aside from Hollywood elite Tom Everett Scott. I met Jim Belushi in a bar in Portland a couple of weeks ago. Oh man, I love Belushi and the new, new Twin Peaks. Um, how about you? I don't. Um... I'll I'll tell a little story to end to end this. Um, okay. I, I guess the only thing that that came to mind whenever I I read the tweet is that um, so back when I was in college was when was when Wiz Khalifa was becoming big, or or, <laughs> or he wasn't big yet I should say, but uh-huh. he was in Pittsburgh, and so I would go to like legit house parties. And Wiz Khalifa would be there. So I met I met Wiz a couple times and I saw him perform a lot of times. But the best thing is that one of my good friends who, uh, my, my Indian friend, remember I went to the Indian wedding last year and I yeah, talked yeah. about that? Uh-huh. One of my best friends, he was in this Indian acapella group called Pen Masala. Okay, it was at, at University of Pennsylvania. And he, uh, a lot of Indian people listening to this definitely know that, that acapella group. It's like this, they travel around, it's a student-run acapella group. It's really big in the Indian community. And they performed at Pitt once when I was in college. At their after party, Wiz Khalifa was performing. Wow. So, so he, so he has this that Wiz performed at his group's after party at a club. That is pretty great. You, I think you have told me that before. It's crazy. Uh, 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 two things came to mind. I, I briefly chatted with Vernon Davis in line at the University of Maryland bookstore, uh, circa 2005, I believe. Um, he's much larger than me. And, um, and now he, uh, and he's still playing football and he, I know that's what shocks me is I'm like, I'm old AF and yeah. this dude's still, still playing. Balling out. And, and then, uh, I probably have mentioned this. I, I went to high school with Josh Tillman, AKA father, John Misty. Um, and, uh, we had some, some interactions, including when he found out that I like rage against the machine and he had a serious talk with me. Now this is father, John Misty. He had a serious talk with me, and he said, you have to watch out for a band like Rage. Their politics are very dangerous. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I actually, I, I should mention, now that you mentioned that, I went to high school with, uh, there's a country duo, Dan and Shay, who have been pretty big. They've gotten pretty big. They're like, on, in, like they've been nominated for duo of the year and stuff. And Dan went to high school with, with my wife and me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So those are our, those are, those are the, there's like athletes and stuff. Like athletes are always the ones. Like I have a picture of mm-hmm. me when I was like 11 in the airport on, on one of the, the, uh, what do you call it? Like the shuttles at mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh International Airport with Jerome, Bre- with Jerome Bettis. Like I've, uh, I've met yeah. like those, like just right. like, like Pittsburgh athletes, you recognize them everywhere and you would see them everywhere. Remember my James Harrison story where I saw him eating a steak at Outback the one time? Oh, of course. I, I figure that he eats, you know, eight to 10 steaks a day. So right. you, I'm glad you caught him eating one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Denny. Well, that's the last question. I feel like we're exhausted right now. 
I'm I'm not not exhausted, uh, but I feel like we got a ton of questions in, and 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 less less than an hour or just uh, a over little bit an hour. over, a little bit over. But we we did what we could. Uh, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, it's at CD Carter 13 on the Twitter, and my kicker column is on lineups.com. I wanted to mention kickers real quick so that people don't uh, burn my house down tonight. Uh, these guys are on your waiver wires. Uh, Harrison Butker slash Goat Kerr is available on 60% of waiver wires. Get him if you can. Great, great, great matchup. Uh, bigly matchup against the Giants. Brandon McManus against Cincinnati. Good, uh, good matchup. Nick Novak uh, against Buffalo is you know, pretty okay. Nick Rose, if you're really, really struggling a kicker, Nick Rose at New Orleans. I don't, I'm not usually a fan of a seven point road underdog, but, uh, that is, that is like the bottom of, of the barrel. So, uh, Butker, McManus, Novak Rose. Boom. And that's CD Carter 13 on Twitter who just said that I'm JJ Zacharyson at late round QB on the Twitter machine. Uh, you can find all my work over on numberfire.com and my other podcast, the late round podcast, it's a solo podcast. You can find that anywhere podcasts can be found. Denny, we have a tilt montage. I will play that. Otherwise guys, good luck here in week 11. It's uh, 2.51 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on this planet, the Eastern time zone, and I'm weary. I'm very weary, folks. It's been, this is the 10th week of just this spine-breaking tilt every Sunday, not to mention that all my redraft teams are, uh, you know... Arby's trash heaps on fire with corpses on top. So I have that going for me. But the one highlight of today is that this is something that no one can take away from me, uh, including my wife who recently left, is I played Brandon LaFell against JJ in our Apex Writers League. Now, JJ and I happen to be the two worst teams in that league. Uh, so bad that uh, uh, our uh, credentials for uh, distributing fantasy hashtag analysis should be in question. But, but I played LaFell. He has like 19 fantasy points at halftime. So that's pretty much the highlight of the season for me. Um, also, follow my Twitter account for fantasy football advice. 3.04 in the Eastern Time Zone. and I have to say that I, I, I am honored, uh, beyond words really, that NFL kickers read my column. My little column that could or couldn't uh, on lineups.com every week. Uh, Ryan Suckup is, is, is a loyal, faithful uh, reader from a long time back. Um, I highlighted him as a, as a great play this week against Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, so naturally he misses an extra point and shanks a field goal in the first half. So that's, uh, it's going well. Uh, but, but yeah, listen, uh, to all the NFL kickers out there, um, thank you for reading. Uh, thank you for always missing your kicks when I recommend you. And, and, and furthermore, thank you for always making your kicks when I don't mention you. I think that that's, that's like... I think it's a huge tribute. It's a huge tribute to me. Uh, I, I can't ask for much more. You know, I don't know if my 
my fantasy writing career can go much beyond this. So, thanks, Ryan Suckup. I'm tilting. And if you're wondering why I'm gasping for breath as I record this, I'm on a nature walk with my daughter right now because I just can't take it anymore. So, we're going to enjoy nature and pretend football is not happening in the simulation in which we exist. Dear God. Uh, It seems uh, things have settled down for me uh, after the nature walk, hours after my nature walk. It's 6.02 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and um, I'm up in every league. Uh, Not really much reason to tilt at all. Um, You know, kickers are doing pretty well today, which is nice, and then um, have some some good defenses. I have... uh, Playing against teams that are underperforming, which is always nice. I'll take that from the simulation. Um, So as long, really, from what I can tell here, as long as Robert Woods uh, doesn't go off, which, you know, it's not going to happen, I should be, I should be fine. So, oh, wait, wait, what is this? I got to turn this up. Wait, what happened? Where am I? I'm scared. All I see are ones and zeros. The last thing I remember was Robert Woods scoring a 94-yard touchdown against Houston. All I remember is all my leads turning to dust. I can't remember anything beyond my fantasy season rumbling around me. And the tilt propelling me into the machine. I will perish here. Or maybe I'll live forever. Either way, just know that I truly hate all of you. The haters and losers. Whoa. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about.